Welcome to B2B Marketers on a Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Black Consulting, Christian Klepp. All right. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers on the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am joined by someone who is on a mission, and that mission is to build teams, high-value client relationships, processes, structures, metrics, and VOC programs, all in the name of better customer success for B2B. So coming to us from Guatemala City, Senor Walter Javier Severa. Buenas tardes y bienvenidos. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. That's a great Spanish there. Uh, it's a little bit rusty, but, um, you know, hopefully with you, I can um, improve it a little bit. Awesome. <laughs> but great. Let's, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be connected with you, Walter, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it is on a topic that you are not just experienced, but extremely passionate about. Yes. Right? Customer success is... Uh, Definitely one of my passions, uh, and uh, I found an amazing community around customer success around the world. So, yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So, let's just jump right in. So, you, you've built a successful career around the different aspects of customer success. So, building teams, as I mentioned, building high-value client relationships, processes, structures, metrics, and so forth. Um so for the benefit of this conversation and also in the interest of time, let's zero in on the topic of building high value client relationships using customer success. So talk to us about why you feel that's so important and why getting this right will give B2B organizations a competitive advantage. Well, uh, I, I think it's a great topic and, and we, I think we've all heard of high building high value client relationships, but I don't know if we always put it in practice in our in in our different businesses because you know customer success is something that focuses on, on building these high client value relationships. So uh, if you take an industry like software as a service, it's something that's very well known. Everyone's doing customer success. Everyone knows the value of these high value client relationships. But when you go to other industries, other B two B businesses. Uh, you know, this is something that you say that you want to build high value client relationships, but I see a lot of other industries that are focusing more on acquiring new clients than focusing on growing your existing client base. And as we know in the research shows, acquiring a customer is many times more expensive than it is retaining one. And not only retaining your uh, existing client base, but actually growing and expanding it. So there's a lot of business to be made with your current client base. Uh, but these businesses are just, you know, unfortunately focusing on acquiring new ones. And of course, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, acquiring new clients. I'm just saying that there's a lot of opportunity with your existing client base. That's absolutely right. I, I believe you're referring to like the cost of uh, client acquisition, right? Exactly. Versus, um, I mean, it has probably different terms, but like um, I would say not just upselling to the existing client base, but also nurturing those relationships because there, there could be or there's higher probability of repeat business from customers that you've had that longer term relationship with 
they you understand their business um you know all, all the all of these factors combined right yes exactly and and when you see the growth of companies in in, in the b2b uh, uh ecosystem the growth is really coming from that recurring revenue. That recurring revenue is what is going to take your company to the next level because you know that compounding effect really, really has a, a very positive impact on your bottom line. And if you're not paying attention to that, if you're experiencing high churn, even if you don't know it, because maybe you're not even tracking um, the, the existing clients that you're losing, you know, there, it's it's so amazing what focusing on net revenue retention can do to your business. I mean, I know. A new business is always uh, is always great, but re really retaining that recurring revenue is what's going to take your company uh, to the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, you raised an interesting point in the past couple of minutes, and I wanted to jam on that a little bit more, if you will. Um, there's probably like not one factor; there's probably several factors that are involved in this. But why do you think B two B organizations are so obsessed with new customer acquisition? as opposed to like focusing or leveraging those existing client relationships? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, maybe it has to do with, you know, sales has been around for longer than, than, than uh, customer success. Customer success is really uh, uh, kind of a department or idea that is fairly new. And by fairly new, I mean, maybe 15 years since it started to pick up, but sales has been around for longer. And we have a lot of, metrics and KPIs around sales. And for example, for companies that aren't familiar with uh, customer success, if you compare sales to customer success, it's very easy to calculate the ROI, the return on, on investment of your sales team. You know, you compare what they're bringing in versus what they cost. And, and, and that gives you a pretty straightforward idea on whether or not you're making money uh, with your current sales team. And customer success, while it you, you can measure the return on investment, it's a little harder, right? Because you have a team, you know, they're focusing on retaining business. Maybe you're not going to save all of your customers and maybe probably it's not going to be the fault of your customer success team that you can save some of the customers. So it's harder to measure and sales is pretty straightforward. So I think that's one of the reasons why uh, companies are still focusing or putting that much energy into acquiring new customers than on retaining your, uh, their, their existing customers. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, talk to us uh, about some of the common mistakes and misconceptions um, that you've seen out there or based on your experience and when it comes to building high value client relationships and how to best address these. Yeah, um, I think one of the main ones is, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, but in customer success, we talk about building uh, these um, customer journey maps, customer journey mapping, it's like, it's like a thing. So. This is basically having a visual representation of what the customer goes through, the interaction it has with your brand or your, or your product since the beginning all the way towards the end. And typically a customer um, journey map could have maybe four phases or maybe more. You know, there's a discovery phase and then there's this uh, uh, consideration phase that the customer goes through, uh, the purchase phase and then the retention phase. So it could have more phases, but these four are kind of like the, um, uh, the main ones that you see in customer journey maps. So I think one of the common misconceptions um, that you see is that companies have one single uh, customer journey map. And I think this is a mistake 
Uh, I went through this mistake myself. This is, this is why I really recognize this as, uh, as, as a mistake. And this is because not all of your customers are going to go through the same customer journey. Uh, for example, if that customer saw you on your website, learned about you on your website, and then clicked um, you know, open an account um, or uh, start a free trial, it's going to be very different from the customer that you're reaching out to um, in an outbound fashion. So because the, the other customer, the first one maybe is more sophisticated. They're looking for uh, a solution like the one you're offering. That's why they went on your website. That's why they kind of informed themselves on, on different options, on your competition. So they're a lot more sophisticated. And if you're treating that customer the same way you are an outbound customer, um, then you're wasting a lot of time because that, that customer maybe needs less education than an outbound reach out because they've gone through a different process. So if you only have one customer journey map, you know that, that sophisticated buyer might be frustrated by how long the process is taking or you know, the, the, all the process that you're making them go through because they've already been through this and, and they just feel frustrated. They, do, they just want to make a purchase maybe, but no, you want to take them through this kind of discovery and consideration phase just because your customer journey map tells you so. And I think this is a big mistake. And, and it might be the reason why you're losing some of your prospects or leads in that funnel. And it's because you only have one customer journey. So I, I think uh, you really have to be intentional in how you design your customer journey map. and go through it yourself and see if there's anything wrong with it, uh, what areas are right, what we need to optimize. But it's always a work in progress. Your customer journey map is always going to be changing, but it's very important that you, uh, you're intentional about this and you design as many customer journey maps as you think uh, you need based on how your customers are interacting with your brand or, or product. It's a very dangerous assumption, isn't it? That, um, you know, this misconception that all customers are created equal and as such, um, you've only got one journey map. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, um, and especially in B2B, right? Because the, uh, the, the buyer's journey, the decision-making process is anything but linear, right? It, it, yeah, yes. For lack of a better description, it's a little bit haphazard at best, right? So Exactly. Um, and there's like, to your point, there's different customer types there's different behaviors, there's different motivations for going on platforms like, like the company website, for instance. But you raised uh, something in the past couple of minutes and I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Like, you know, speaking of um, updating your, uh, your buyer's journey um, regularly, like how often do you think um, companies or marketers need to review the buyer's journey map that they've created for that specific uh, persona or that, uh, that ideal customer? Yes, great question, Christian. But uh, I, I don't know if there's a, a straightforward answer. I think it kind of depends on how your product or brand is evolving, uh, the different, you know, sites or uh, platforms where your customer can interact with your brand. So if you're doing something new on social media, you're now on a different platform. Um, your product changed a bit. Your storytelling uh, kind of changed. Um, your website had kind of had an overhaul. So I think all of those stuff, all of those things you need to take into consideration when you, um, you're thinking about your customer journey map. So I, I just think for, with any change that you make in the way that your customer can interact with your brand or product, 
you at least have to revise it, see if it still makes sense. If you're not changing anything, which might not be a good thing anyway, then maybe it's not that necessary to check it so often. But I would say every time you do something that you know affects the way your prospects or your leads or your customers will, will interact with your brand or product. And that includes platforms, social media, your website, blogs, newsletters, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This next question um, is, I would say, highly relevant to your area of expertise. And it's um, about, you know, as the B2B space continues to rapidly digitize, um, you know, you servicing customers and building relationships with them digitally and via online platforms, I would say is almost a given. It's paramount to success. So talk to us about how B2B firms can build strong teams while working with clients remotely. And that's probably something that you've been doing for a while, right? It has, yes, yes, mm. uh, since uh, since the pandemic started. And it's it's it has a lot of challenges because, of course, technology uh, has given us uh, a lot of tools that we can use, some of them that we discovered up until the pandemic that were around for, you know, they, they've been around for years, but we just started using them during the pandemic. So um, technology can only take us so far, I think. And of course, it's, it's proven to uh, make us more productive and to reach our clients faster and reach more clients with the time that we you know, had before. But the thing is, when with your teams, you know, of course they're 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 reaching their goals and everything. But just if you only do it um, in technology, if you want to build a strong team, I think, you know, there's a risk that your teams kind of detach from the from 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 the purpose, and because when you're reaching so many clients um, through technology platforms, uh, you're doing that at scale. You're doing it with automations. You, as a customer success manager, for example, where you're, you're used to interacting in a more personal manner with, with customers, I think that there's a risk there of losing that purpose. So with, with, with our teams, you know, now that we're coming back slowly to having face-to-face -face meetings and uh, just coffees and different face-to-face -face interactions, we've seen that in our case with our teams, they really get a, a sense of their purpose on why they're doing the things that they're doing day to day, why we're pushing that product, why we're uh, you know, telling everyone about it. And it's something that you just get with, with those face-to-face -face interactions, or, or maybe in, in, if you can't do it face-to-face, -face, at least on a phone call. But if you're just using emails and you know, different automated outreaches, you, you risk really being detached on, on why you were doing what you were doing with your, with your clients. So, you know, as, as much as you can, I think it's great for your, to allow your teams to have these face-to-face -face interactions with, with your clients to really get them back to the purpose, get them back to their mission. And it's, I think it's a great way to, to connect again with your companies or, or your brands uh, mission and vision and really transmit that to your customers. So again, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about the technologies that we're using. I think they're amazing and, and they, we wouldn't be where we are without them. But, um, you know, again, going back to those basic face-to-face -face interactions or phone calls or just interacting with your clients, 
uh, is going to build a very, very strong team, even if they're working remotely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Would you say that um, systems and processes that you have internally are also like, um, you know, a key factor in that to facilitate that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as leaders, we have to really uh, promote and encourage and just really give our customer success managers or any teams, marketing and sales teams, um, just the tools to do that. And of course, our processes, we have to be very intentional about them. And if we only have automated things because we want to do everything at scale, I think it's going to hinder that that um, uh, the results that we can get when we're scaling. Because when we're scaling, we're always focused about being, you know, the most productive we can uh, with the with the least uh, cost, and that's that's good and good and well. But if we as leaders don't, we're not intentional about, you know, giving those giving our teams uh, the tools and platforms and processes and structures to really interact with clients in a way that they feel connected and with a purpose, um, you know, we're not gonna be able to really help our teams be strong um, in, in these remote times. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. You've brought up some of these elements in the past couple of minutes, but um, if you can like explain what you consider are the key components of a successful uh, CS approach, specifically designed to help um, build a high value client relationships and where you can please cite an example you know i think just the main one and maybe the one with the we've heard is communication so communication is always at the core of of any relationship like uh you know think of your spouse uh communication is is basic and you wouldn't have a successful marriage if you didn't have communication and the same is true for client relationships so uh, I think it's 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 essential. Maybe the the main one that I would cite, and like so, so for example, when you say communication, so how often should we communicate with our clients? Again, we have to be very intentional in setting that rhythm. So in customer success, we we talk about having executive business reviews, EBRs, or quarterly business reviews, QBRs. Some companies really don't have a schedule for these but they are intentional in how in how they do it and how often they do it. So I think scheduling uh, these check-ins, uh, sharing company news on, on social media channels, just connecting with your clients in different ways, communicating. You can't over-communicate, I think, uh, unless, of course, you're spamming your clients, which is never good. But it's it's never a problem to over-communicate what, what your company is doing, especially if it's in the interest of, of your clients. So I would say communication is is a key, key factor and really, really, really having a structure and process around how you do it. But uh, you can never grow, I think, or create a high value client relationship without communication. I think it's really, really basic that you do that. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And and to your point, it's um, communication is crucial, not just in customer success, but in any any relationship per se, right? So exactly, and, and not just a one way communication, right? Because right. you you might think like, oh, this is I'm I'm just telling my customers uh, about my product, but it's getting their feedback also. Yeah, uh, the same way you would do in your marriage, like you would ask your your spouse, like, uh, am I doing uh, this well, or how well are we are we communicating with each other? Uh, how can we improve our relationship? And the same is something you can do with your clients, and really take that feedback to heart because. This is what's going to uh, teach you things about your brand or your product that you never knew because you're not in your customer's shoes. And as often as you can, you have to do that exercise. Uh, really try to be, not just say it, but really try to be in your customer's shoes and uh, walk, their, um, walk their journey with your brand. And I think the more that you can incorporate this feedback in your workflows, um, in your processes, in your structures, uh, you're going to be netting even more clients and helping your business grow into a successful company. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, empathy, right? And uh, talk the talk, walk the walk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'd like to get your thoughts on these, Walter. So according to an article um, on the platform future of SaaS.io, right, there, there are many key trends that are shaping the future of customer success. Now, the article highlights several points, but again, in the interest of time, uh, I've picked four that could make for an interesting discussion. So here, here it goes. Uh, point number one, uh, CSMs are now business continuity advisors, right? Number two, digital engagements are transforming the virtual world of work. And I think that's almost a given, but um, point number three, greater focus on scaling uh, customer service efforts. And the final one is success is expanding into strategy. So thoughts on the above, anything that you uh, disagree with, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, so that, uh, I, those are really, those are really good ones. Uh, the first one you mentioned is uh, CSMs are, are, are business continuity advisors, definitely. And we've seen it, I, I think even more right now with the pandemic because business continuity was in the minds of every company in the world, right? Like, how are we gonna survive this? Um, how are you going to make this make through, uh, uh, you know, this, this pandemic, it has new rules, new structures, everything was shifted. Uh, so CSMs, I think the great CSMs, it's not a must have for, for a lot of CSMs, but it should be, um, for, to be a business continuity advisor in the different industries of your clients, of course, you have to be a, a product expert in, in your product, right? Um, you have to know your product from A to Z and you have to really know how your product will impact your client's business. However, that'll only take you so far because if you only know your product, but you don't know your client's industry, uh, what, what challenges you're facing, how the competition has, has changed, you know, their whole environment, you're not going to be able to really advise your client on business continuity because You'll only know your product if, if you're only a product expert. But if you're also an industry expert, um, you know that'll take you to the next level, and it, it'll give you the credibility with your client to really advise them on 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 what they should do. Because if you're someone who you know just knows your product, and for any question that the client has, you're only citing what your product that will do about the you know this new feature. On uh, you're trying just trying to maybe upsell it something. 
uh, you know, they're, they're going to notice it because they, they, they're experts in their industry and you're not going to have the credibility or the impact that you would if you were an industry expert. So um, I think you have to be both to be a continuity advisor. Then you mentioned um, that digital engagements are transforming uh, you know, the virtual world, world of work. Yes. And right, this, as you said, this, this is a given. Um, of course, we have, you know, we have these great tools now to, to do all the, yeah. all the stuff that we were used to doing face-to-face. -face. But I, I would go back to, the, to what we were discussing earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll only take you so far. And it's never bad to go back to basics. I mean, this, is, of course, is, is true. But I don't think it addresses uh, or gives justice to, to really uh, what the basics can do for your team and your clients. So pick up the phone instead of te texting if you can. Have a face-to-face -face meeting. Have a coffee if you can. Um, it's always good in building these high-value client relationships. Scaling customer success, um, it's, 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 it's a tough one because you can scale with digital platforms. You, know, you have all these customer success platforms that, that help you scale to reach new clients and reach more clients. Um, but maybe this, this isn't always enough. For when, when you're scaling, customers uh, you know, in marketing departments and sales departments, they're used to, or you know, they've heard of ideas like outsourcing uh, some of the sales or outsourcing your marketing, not, not your entire marketing department, but positions in your marketing department. Uh, and when it comes to customer success, companies are, are a little more reluctant because they, they feel like they're giving away those high value client relationships to another company somewhere that is now going to manage them. But I think when you have very strong structures and processes and customer success, very strong platforms, you've, you've built your customer uh, journey maps, you have really detailed um, playbooks, all of that. When, when, you, when you have that, you are able to look at um, options like, okay, maybe, you know, we're based in Europe uh, as a company, and we're based in Europe, and now we want to expand to the... Um, American market, uh, you know, how can we do this at scale with the team we have? Maybe it's going to be a little, you know, it's going to be a lot more expensive than it would be hiring someone in Latin America, uh, which is a, kind of a, the business that we focus on. Um, so we've seen the, the financial gains that companies um, perceive while doing this, but it's not something that's very um, intuitive. So I would um, encourage people to know how you can scale customer success with remote teams. And the last one is uh, that success is expanding <laughs> into strategy. I think that's, this kind of has to do with the, with the first one, with the business continuity, because this is actually what you're doing, right? You're moving from customer success to really customer strategy, because you're such an expert in your product and the customer's industry that you're really able to talk about strategy. So, so that kind of refers to, to, the, to the first point, I think that you're not going to be able to talk about strategy if you're not an industry expert and a product expert, and you're able to match the two to really uh, give your customer the tools that they need uh, to succeed in, in, in their business. Those are some really great points you raised. And you know, going back to what you said about point number one, about the business continuity, um, it 
kind of reminds me of what you said earlier on in the conversation, whereas like, you know, um, companies were or are rather present tense, um, still focused on new customer acquisition instead of focusing on the existing clients, right? Because I, I would assume that a lot of companies at the beginning of uh, the pandemic last year, when the world was going into a lockdown, they weren't, they weren't just worried about getting new customers. They were worried about keeping the ones they already have, right? And so clearly customer success uh, plays an instrumental role in that process as well. Yes. And yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, the customers were really uh, hustling to, to see what they were, uh, what they had to do to, to, to just, you know, keep their head above, above the water. And if we and customer success can help them at least in, 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 a, you know, uh, surviving in a part of their business, then, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot. And not all of the companies see the impact that they can have being strategy advisors to their customers. And of course, you're only, you only have one product that that company is using, but if you can help them in other ways that maybe, maybe it's a, a little cost to you, but it's a, at a big benefit to your customer. I mean, you're really going to solidify that relationship that, that you have with them. Um, and, and and we've seen examples in in, in our case, uh, we've helped customers in areas that have nothing to do with the product uh, that we're selling or the service that we're giving. Um, but you know, making one a connection with another person that we know with another company that we know, um, just you know, connecting people is something that is very low cost but of high benefit to your customers uh, probably. So if there's anything that you can do to for your customers that you know, it's cost effective to you, but even outside the scope of what you're doing, I would encourage you to do it just in, in to solidify that relationship. Yeah, you're definitely like touching on something that I think is really important because you're, you're referring to, um, I guess, the more intangible aspect of it, right? So that's probably a combination of um, the experience that the customer has a lot coupled with... Um, a consultation or services, right? So they're benefiting not just from using the product, but also the expertise and all the everything else that comes with that experience. Exactly. And and the more the customer perceives perceives you like this, the longer they're going to stick around with you. Uh, yeah. And and it's not even going to be based on 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 your product. It's going to be based on you know it's at higher levels. That connection is it's going to be at a higher level uh, where the customer really really needs you and you need the customer. So it's like kind of like a win-win situation. That's like mutually beneficial. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um, talk to us about what you believe is one of the biggest uh, biggest challenges rather um, that customer success is facing now. And especially when it comes to like high value client relationships. Yeah, and this is maybe touching back on, on, on one of the previous points that we discussed. I think one of the biggest challenges is building these high client value uh, relationships at scale. So I would, I mean, this, this, this is our business. So this is why I know that this is a, a challenge that when companies are uh, scaling, uh, especially to other markets, it's very hard to scale those, those high, high value client relationships. And especially because maybe you're not that well-versed in a different culture in a different country, a different region, or, you know, a different continent. Um, so building those relationships at scale can be difficult if you're trying to do that 
from your headquarters, from your home base, and not really taking advantage of the talent that you have in other regions. So we've seen a lot of companies now uh, entering new markets and really looking for talent in those areas because they, they know that uh, it, you know it's very different how you interact with a customer in different regions. I, I can talk about, I've seen, uh, you know, I've worked with uh, Nordic SaaS companies and it's very different how they engage their customers and the way we do it in Latin America. Um, it's, it's just very different and it's very different what clients expect of you. So uh, to cite a, a very concrete example, in Latin America, when you do customer success, and, and we've seen this uh, in, in, in our customer success uh, in Spanish community that we have, which is called Customer Success in Espanol, uh, we've discussed how in Latin America, there's a lot more handholding with, with the clients. You know, clients expect you to do more uh, than clients in other regions would expect. So if you don't know that coming in, and you're just trying to get your model, your customer success model, or your sales model, or your marketing model uh, that you brought from, from Europe or from Asia or from you know wherever your company is, and you, you think it's going to be just copy and pasting something in different regions, then you know, you're, setting, you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to be very, uh, very knowledgeable about the region that you're, uh, you're reaching now. And I think just taking advantage of the talent that you have in that region will make a huge difference because then you'll have that advantage uh, where you can talk to the customers the way they want to be talked to. So I think that building building those relationships at scale is uh, is a challenge, but not one that does not have a solution. I think there there is a clear solution to it. That's a really good point. And uh, you know, back to something you said a, um, a couple of minutes ago. Uh, certainly there are challenges, you know, when you're working across different geographies, because some things don't translate well either, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, to use that saying, like things can get lost in translation. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> exactly. All right. Um, what is a status quo, would you say, a commonly held belief in your area of expertise that you passionately disagree with and why? Hmm. Well, um, I would say that when I, like, for example, when I scroll through my LinkedIn feed and I see all these people, because I'm connected to a lot of customer success leaders around the world, when they're looking for people to join their teams, I would say 85 to 90% of the times, they're always looking for experience in customer success. I, I disagree that, that, that you need experience to start in customer success. I'm not saying that, I mean, of course, experience is extremely valuable. Uh, and I'd be, I might be a little biased because I myself started in customer success with no experience uh, in customer success. I had experience in other client-facing roles and maybe I did some customer success before without knowing or calling it customer success, but I really didn't have that experience in my, in my resume. That, that I could say, you know, I, I've done customer success before. So I might be a little biased, but I have never hired anyone with customer success experience. And, you know, they've turned out to be amazing at customer success. I think that when you can uh, teach people, uh, I, I think it's more about the having the right attitude to be in customer success. Attitude is way more important than experience. 
Um, I've interviewed people with customer success experience and you know they, they don't have the right attitude and I'm always going to go for attitude. So I think having that experience is, is um, a commonly held belief that I very much disagree with. And I'm not saying it's not important. Some roles, you know, maybe a leadership role will require that. But to go into customer success, I think we should, we should really open the door to people who are passionate about customer success, uh, who have had client-facing roles and have been successful in them. Um, I have a great example of a person I know who is right now transitioning from um, special education, especially in, in, in for, for kids. She's transitioning to customer success. And I can already tell that she's amazing and she's going to be amazing at it. And right now she's working and landing that first role. And um, I know that the company that hires her will, will, will never not regret it. And I can just see it because of her energy and her attitude and everything. So I think that that's way more important customer success than just experience. Well, that's a really great observation. It actually reminds me of um, a conversation I had with another guest on the show. And um, it was the same story. I would say same story, different characters. Let's put it that way, right? Because like, he said that um, there's a lot of misconceptions, especially in B2B organizations, about people in customer success roles. And more often than not, he's seen it in his experience that... Um, people who are in customer support get pushed into a customer success function. And that more often than not doesn't work out, right? Different role, different it's attitude, a, right? Exactly, because yeah. customer support is reactive yeah. when it, versus customer success, which is proactive. And productivity mm. is something uh, pretty scarce. Like it, you're not yeah. gonna find that in, in, in anyone. So yeah, I think it's a mistake what you, what you said um, about just putting someone from, from support in a customer success role. Yeah, no, that's it. That, that, that's it. That's it. Um, so just to wrap it up, right. Like, uh, you know, advice that you would give people like your friend, for example, that's, you know, you know, starting her first uh, role in customer success. What is the one thing that you think people should start? And one thing that people should stop when it comes to customer success and high value client relationships? Well, well, are you are we talking about um, uh, from from a company perspective or from someone who is starting off in customer success? Let's let's say uh, the latter. So somebody is starting out in customer success. Well, uh, I think if I, if I look at what my friend is doing, like for example, she's being extremely active um, on LinkedIn and the different customer success networks. She's contributing with uh, things that she's seen in her area of expertise and seeing how, you know, what tools we can use in customer success. And I think she's been very successful. I mean, the traction that, he, that she has is, is enviable. Like she has more traction than other customer success leaders that I see. And, and when you see these uh, uh, recognitions that come out, like the success hacker um, top 100 um, customer success leaders list. I would I would love to see her in this list because you know she's so good and and she has such a good grasp on the concepts. So I, I would I would suggest you know start networking, start build um, joining these different communities and contributing with the things that you know from your area of expertise and how you think that could translate into customer success because there's a lot of stuff in different industries that you know the customer success community would benefit from learning um i myself have benefited 
quite a bit from her posts and all the stuff that she's put out. So um, I think she's on the right path. And this is what I would suggest to anyone who's joining the community. Uh, start contributing to the community with all of the stuff that you know, which could translate well into customer success. Fantastic. And stop? Um, stop. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's something that I would, I would tell you know, people coming into the to the community to stop doing because maybe the ones that that um, that aren't doing the, you know good things in the community they're not even visible. So I, I don't even see what they're doing. Uh, I just say you know give give it your best and maybe stop beating yourself up if you don't land something fast. I think uh, being intentional and being um, you know, sticking with what you're doing for even if it takes months to land your dream role. Um, so, so stop beating yourself about it. Stop. If, if you reach out to customer success leaders for one-on-ones, maybe you need some advice on something and they don't respond. Uh, you know, don't take it personal. Don't, uh, don't think it's you. A lot of, a lot of these people are, are busy. I, myself, I try to be in every call that anyone, if anyone asks, I, I will, you know, give my advice, whatever, whatever I can give. Uh, if I can't, then I'll be just straightforward that, which, you know, saying this is not something that I'm, I'm really good at, uh, but I might point you towards someone who is. Um, so this is what I would uh, just, just stop beating yourself up and, and, and just be persistent. And for the customer success leaders that are receiving these um, uh, requests, I would say, you know, take 15 minutes of your time, maybe, if, if you can, every week, it's, it's 15 minutes. We know we're, we're all extremely busy, but we can all take 15 minutes to help someone out um, because it would have been, the, it would have meant the world to us uh, when we were starting out. So I, you know, I always say, try to give back to the community. That's some pretty solid advice. So thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, Walter, Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise and experience with the, with the audience. So please do us the uh, honor of introducing yourself and let us know how folks out there, especially in the CS world, um, can get in touch with you. Thank you, Christian, for, for, for the great opportunity. I really, really love your podcast. I really, really Thank love you. what you're doing and your contributions to the community. I'm so happy that we were able to, to connect. Likewise. Thank uh, you, LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you, LinkedIn. Yeah, the power of networking, right? right. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, so I, my name, as you mentioned in the, at the beginning, my name is Walter Zepeda. Um, I'm based in Guatemala City. And right now, we, uh, you know, I started out in, in, in customer success, but we built a company called Scalefront, which um, recruits and hires top talent in Latin America. And our focus is global uh, SaaS companies. We, we focus on customer success, customer support, um, sales, you know, business development, and content marketing. And this is what we're doing. We're, we're hiring people here in the region because there's a lot of great talent in Latin America uh, for these um, companies that are scaling. Uh, so you know, this is something that they can use to test out a new market, which would be either Latin America or the US market. Um, so that's what we're doing these days. And as far as uh, where we can connect, I'm on LinkedIn. I try to be pretty active, although I don't always accomplish it. Uh, but yeah, you can you can look me up on LinkedIn. It's Walter Zepeda in, in Guatemala from Skillfront. 
And um, I'm, I'm on other social networks, but I think LinkedIn would be the best to, 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 to start out a conversation. Fantastic. Once again, Walter, thank you so much. I mean, this session was informative. It was incredibly insightful. And I really hope the listeners um, get value out of this. So take care, be safe and um, keep in touch. I will. Thank you, Christian. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you.